New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to part two of the Keeping Safety Simple series. Man, that's a tongue twister. I'm conducting this series with my co-host Shane Connolly from Keep It Simple Safety. Um, he is a WHS OHS guru. This is the second part of the series. It's called Responding to Incidents Correctly. Uh, the first part was called Getting the Right Safety Systems in Place. Uh, might want to go back and check that one out before you listen to this one if you have not already heard it. Um, again, we sort of build these uh, series in a way that they tie into each other, so it might make a little bit more sense to you. Uh, anyway, guys, um, I hopefully you get something out of this that you can implement. And by all means, if you've got any comments, feedback, love mail, hate mail, by all means, please uh, make sure you leave us some comments somewhere so we can get that feedback. If you want any follow-up questions answered as well, Shane uh, is part of the Facebook community and he is more than willing to contribute there. So please guys head across and join that community because it is a, another level of awesome. Um, all right, that's part two. We're jumping into that right now and uh, stay tuned for the following episode and the final episode, which is going to be called uh, Moving Forward After an Incident. And that will also be a cracker. So look forward to that. Okay, guys, enjoy. The Sightshed Podcast is made possible because of Tradie Web Guys, creators of beautiful websites designed specifically for tradies and contractors. If you're tired of dealing with web designers that have no idea about your industry, then head across to tradiewebguys.com.au and reach out. Like many companies from all over the place, you'll be very glad you did. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello listeners and welcome back to part two of the Keeping Safety Simple series that I'm conducting on the Site Shed podcast here with my co-host Shane Connolly. Shane, welcome back. Nice to be back again, Matt. Shane, we have uh, already recorded the first part of this um, series, which was called Getting the Right Safety Systems in Place. Um, that was obviously, um, as the name would allude to, about uh, making sure that you are set up with the right, uh, the right systems and that you're set up with systems that actually apply to your business and have been customized for them. Um, at the end of that episode, I did recommend that the listeners out there head across to your website, which is keepitsimplesafety, all one word, .com.au, where they can, get, um, they can go and fill in that, or what would I say, complete that um, online WHS assessment, uh, which gives them pretty much a, a yes or no whether or not your systems are in order. Um, so go and check that out, guys. There'll be links to that within the show notes as well. Uh, Shane, in this episode, we're going to be talking a little more on the responding to incidents. Oh, man, I tell you what, I've worked in, some, in an organization where, like, actually, I'm not sure what I had, and there was a guy who was um, who pretty much cut his hand open with a water jetter 
and um, you know the that's the, nasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, you know what? You see it all the time with, in, on in, in businesses, and it's a case of oh shit, take your work shirt off and go to the medical center and say you fell over and did it, or so. <laughs> I'm guessing that's certainly not the right way to respond to an incident. Oh, certainly not with water jetting. Um, <laughs> there's so many other risks for water jetting, but anyway. Yeah. No, that's definitely not the right way to respond. I guess the, you know, let's do this episode assuming that you've got the right systems in place because really you're in deep trouble if you don't at this point. So if you've got the right systems in place, then you literally do what your system says. So depending on what kind of incident it is, um, let's just, let's go with that one that that somebody's cut their hand open with the high pressure water gun. You know that the first and foremost, you want to attend to the person that's involved in the incident. Yeah, you can worry about that the details afterwards. That's yep. a serious incident, so they need to get to hospital straight away, and they need to the, and the ambulance needs to know that that was water pressure that cut them, um, because there are some serious after effects you can have from that particular incident. A lot of infection and stuff, apparently. Yeah, it can go up your your yep. veins and your arteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nasty stuff. I could tell you another story about that when we're not on air. That's far too gross to talk about on air. I'm good. So, yeah, it's, it's not a post-dinner conversation. It's one of the joys of being in safety. You get to hear a you lot of all. really uncomfortable stories. So the first thing is to always to attend to the person. And what you do at an incident really does vary considerably on how serious it is. So if it's something that's reportable, in Australia and New Zealand, there are certain requirements for certain incidents. So if somebody has something amputated, they become... Now, there's a whole range of, I won't read them all out, it's about four pages long, mm. different types of incidents that require reporting to the regulator. So that's something to take into account. Um, your system should outline what those things are so people know. Then it's a matter of deciding what needs to be done afterwards. So um, one of the things I used to do in a former life in safety is incident investigations, which is really not as fun as it sounds. Um <laughs> It doesn't so, sound fun at all. <laughs> well, that's how unfun it is. Um, oh, it's even less fun than that. Oh, it's worse than being the police, I think. So some incidents, so if something happens and your first question is how the, how the hell could that happen, mm-hmm. that's something that should be investigated. That's a good, you know, common sense measurement. Your system, your safety system might dictate which things have to be investigated if you if you've got a slightly fancier one. But in general, that's how I try to get people to think about it. If you walk up and or if somebody explained to you what happened and your first reaction is, how the hell did that happen? Then you should investigate. And investigating is really quite simple. It's the same as way you would investigate anything else. Um, who, what, when, where, why. Yeah. And once you get all that information together, then you figure out how you can try to prevent that from happening in the future. Mm. And the whole time you document that process. And I mean, that's a really simplified version of, of what would happen, but because it really does vary considerably from incident to incident. Yeah. So step one, obviously, make sure that the, um, the person who's injured is okay. Yes. Step two would be to, what would you say? Step two is really assess the, you know, if you're not there, so if you're the owner of the business, for example, and you weren't there, get to site and make an assessment of of how serious the incident was and take control of what happens next. Mm -hmm. The worst thing that can happen when there's an incident is that everybody forgets what to do, nobody takes pictures or anything like that, nobody gets takes any notes, and the next day everybody's 
got different stories of what mm. happened. Yeah, gotcha. So, so document it. Yeah, so especially if it's a serious thing and even more particular if it's something that you have to report to a regulator, you want to have your story straight. Mm-hmm. And, and not for legal reasons, just because it sounds much better if you know what you're talking about. If you as the business owner turn up and the regulator's there to investigate and you don't know what the hell's going on, that doesn't look good. Mm. So, you know, be there, get involved, understand what's happened, ask lots of questions and document everything. Photos and videos are the best um, to do this because A, they don't lie and B, they don't forget. So if your video, you know, even if you've got your phone there and you video the person telling you what happened or the entire environment around you. So collect that evidence. Step three is investigate if you need to. Again, that depends on the incident. But anything that involves a trip to the doctor, you really should probably get some kind of investigation. And would that come from internally or...? Oh yeah, you don't you don't need to be a qualified investigator like I am, like yourself. Yeah, don't, you don't have to go through that that course. Um, <laughs> and, and if you've got, and, and this is a good time where, so one of the services we offer is that particular service. So if something does go wrong, you just ring us, and I tell you exactly what to do. Okay. So if you've got that to draw on, if you're using someone else or using us, then use that immediately. Because then you're getting expert advice on what you need right away when you need it. Yeah. Um, so and so and as I said, document. Write. They fill out an incident form. Yeah. Fill out an investigation. Follow it up. Have a toolbox talk afterwards. Talk about what happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. Put and then if you need to change procedures, that's when you do it. Or if you need to change a piece of equipment, that's when you do it. Because they're, the, they're all the result of your investigation. You know, were they doing it dodgy because they had a dodgy piece of, uh, a dodgy tool? Um, mm. Or, you know, was it too old? Was it, you know, whatever the, there's a thousand different reasons. Inevitably, when you investigate, it will come down to two factors, time and money. Normally, uh, and I have to put the caveat that I haven't investigated every incident, obviously. All the investigations I've ever done have either come down to the fact that somebody was trying to do something too quickly or had skipped something. Yeah, shortcuts. Or somebody was trying to do something on the cheap. Yeah. And that, that's not just about when the incident happens. It might be that they didn't get it, the whatever it was, serviced when it was supposed to be serviced. Right. Or it can be a whole range of different things, but they're the actual factor that, that you can boil it down to at the end. We interrupt this podcast today to talk to you very quickly about Tradie Web Guys content creation program. That program has been designed specifically for trade-based organizations as a way that you guys as trade business owners can start creating content that enables you to engage better with your customers and your potential customers. It will enable you to build trust and build rapport because what you're doing is you're investing in educating them. Biggest problem that we see with our customers today is that they're not regularly updating their websites. And that's a problem because first of all, the search engines are looking for that. And second of all, potential customers are also looking for it. Trading Web Guys content creation program has been specifically designed to help you get regular relevant content on your website consistently every month. We know that it's hard when you're out there on the tools and we know that sometimes you don't always have the time to be able to do these things yourself. So we're taking it off your hands for you. It's a service that we're offering for you guys. We want to make sure that you're getting this done because we know how important it is. 
Anyway, head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash content, fill in the form, and one of our representatives will come back to you. I know I'm, I've worked in companies, a company before where, I mean, all the, you know, the tagging and all the tool tagging and lead tagging, all that kind of stuff is, is pretty prevalent. And when you're working on site, like I sort of came out of construction and was working in, uh, heavily sort of used to that involvement and into that sort of level of, um, uh, you know, management over tools and that sort of thing. And then I went to this other company that wasn't um, construction-based and they didn't do that kind of stuff and their reasoning behind it, and it actually made a lot of sense. So like they used to regularly train and toolbox their um, the staff and the team, but they found that when they went that when they were tagging all the equipment regularly and doing all that kind of stuff, the end user, be that an apprentice or the tradesperson, whatever it was, they would just go and pick the tool up, check that the tag's okay, and then go plug it in without actually checking it. And they found that you know, a number of times, you know, it could be a lead that's that's cut or it could be you know a number of different things. But because it's got a tag on it, oh, it's fine, plug it in, off you go kind of thing. So yeah, um, what's your experience with that sort of thing? Well, the testing and tagging, unfortunately, is a legal requirement. Um, so, but I do tend to agree. You know, the one of the things you have to be careful of in safety is that you don't stop people from using their brain. Right. Because, and you know, I won't mention any big companies, but there are a few big companies that have such a prescriptive safety systems that people literally stop thinking for themselves and they yeah. will follow the procedure to the letter. Mm. So if something weird happens, they're stuck because they don't, they've stopped trying to think a process through for themselves. So that's really dangerous. And, and that, that company you're talking about, they did the right thing. I mean, they should still tag their machines, but they should still jump in, drum into people. You got to look before you leap. Um, you know, and, and that's again, comes back to that leading from the top. You've, you've got to, you know, show people how you want things to be done. Mm. And that's super important. And and that's one of the things I often talk to business owners about is drumming into people that they do not want you to save that five minutes. That five minutes is far less valuable than a serious incident. Oh, so, yeah. you know, like you said before, the, the incident you pointed out before about the guy running back onto site to get his phone. Now, if you have to keep the job site open for an extra 10 minutes, no one is going to be upset. You know, they might give you a hard time, but they're not, they will much prefer to keep the supervisor there, go back in, start the machine up, go and get your phone, do it properly than for that sort of thing to happen. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think in that instance, no one actually knew that he'd gone back in. Like it was, yeah. like no, the builders didn't know, the boss of the, the kid's boss didn't know. But I'm sure that if you could talk to him now, he would probably tell you that I was just trying to save somebody some time. Right. I, I was trying not to be a pain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and that's the message you've got to give to your workers is that's not being a pain. Mm. Doing things the right way is not being a pain. Yeah, okay. And so, you know, that's that should go across your business, not just in safety. If you've got to stay there and put that extra washer on and do it the right way, then that's what we want you to do. Mm. And the same and the same goes for safety. If you don't have the right ladder, don't put two ladders together and try and do it to yeah. save yourself 20 minutes. Get the right tool. Well, it just depends on really the strength of your duct tape, doesn't it? <laughs> I've, uh, I, again, I've got some good stories about my, <laughs> myself um, doing work at home. But 
that's me working for me. So it's a different environment. The phone books on top of the stepladder, that kind of thing. Uh, I tell you, you know, to one thing, I do, I do all this work with trade businesses and I have oh, such a crappy set of tools. It's just not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those sticklers, especially in the kitchen where like my knives are always super sharp. Like I just, because, but, but I know that, and I've experienced firsthand the danger of using blunt tools, you know, like you're yeah. hacking into things. And so like friends come over or whatever and they use the knives and they're like, oh, my mum especially because her knives are bloody terrible and they use our knives and they're like, holy Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but it's the same with tools, isn't it? Like you see it all the time, like people using the wrong tool or some dodgy tool for a yep. job. And that's typically, like you said before, you know, that could very often lead to um, – the, the you know a problem or an incident happening on site even like things like a blunt stanley knife like how many times when i was a, this is actually a pretty funny story when i was working on site i wasn't an apprentice i must have been maybe a second year journeyman or something like that and i remember there was this sparky um on site and his nickname was stanley and huh. i was doing like a safety talk or presentation or something and they were doing a roll call and they called his name out and his name was tim and i was like i thought your name was stanley and they all started laughing and i was like what's, what's funny why is his name tim or stanley and then they told me the story about how when he was he was an apprentice and he was stripping stripping cable and instead of stripping it away from him with the stanley knife he was stripping it towards himself and he he, he slipped through the cable and the stanley knife punctured him in the chest and oh. it, like apparently it just like missed his heart or something like it went right in between a rib and there was oh. just blood pissing everywhere so his nickname from then on was stanley yeah well that's uh, that's one way to get a nickname <laughs> uh, there, surely there's easier ways oh, but, i know uh, oh, no. but it, but it does bring i mean it's a it's a good point that the tools because one of our clients that we have they one of their procedures each week is to check their vans for all the tools that are required so mm. it's been proactive in the face of making sure that no van goes out without having the right tools in it. So yep. you're preventing problems from happening. And that's really, I mean, that's a next level kind of system where you're being extra proactive, but that's what systems are supposed to do. Well, it is and it isn't, isn't it really? I mean, you look at, okay, so if you if you have to mention a, the time they save. Right. And But if you haven't got a certain tool, like say you've, you know, you've left your hammer at home or something or on, on a job site and instead you use a shifting spanner to to <laughs> hammer yeah. a nail in, you know what I mean? Like, it, like it's going to lead to a problem. You're going to break your tool. Like, it, it's not productive and all those sort of things. But I mean, you, it's. I think it's quite, quite a good policy for any business. Make sure your staff's got the right tools because if they don't, um, you know, they're going to improvise. <laughs> but it, I mean, a lot of businesses just depend on people using their common sense. You know, surely yeah. it's your you. You should know what's in it. Yeah, yeah. And and that's not the best way to run a business though. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um anything else when we're talking about responding to incidents? So the I guess the we'll cover off the other parts, you know, what happens after somebody's been injured yes. in the next series. But um just to reiterate, make sure if you've got a resource you can call call that resource. Mm-hmm. Make sure you document everything and make sure you know what is supposed to be reported to the regulator and what isn't. Who is uh, the regulator? So in New South Wales, it's WorkSafe. Queensland, it's WorkSafe. Victoria, it's WorkSafe. Uh, in South Australia, it's Safe Work because they're a little <laughs> bit backwards. Um, and in WA, it's, uh, I think it's WorkSafe. They're all very similar names. Um, is it a government body or is it state? 
No, it's a state body. Okay. Um, but they are government run um, and they literally there to not, not, well, part of their role is to educate and part of their role is to enforce. So, mm. um, and investigate and prosecute. So if something does happen on site, like responding to an incident, they're the people that you would have to call and they have to come out and investigate it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So if it's if it meets their criteria for reportable incidents, okay. then then they would be. Um, and on that, on a side note, if you don't report something that's reportable, very nasty situation you can get yourself into. So if nothing else, at least look up what those reportable incidents are so that you're aware of them. And so... In regard to that, like just, I mean, I don't expect you to recite there, you know, what, what, what's, what's right and what's not, but I mean, what, are the, what are some of the things that you would not bother reporting as opposed to some of the things that you would? Oh, if you just get, you know, a cut, cut on your nail and you need three stitches or something like that, that's not what they, they don't right. want that reported. Um, okay. If you ingest poison, if it's a fatality, if somebody has something amputated, Yep. And then they do have other more complex things to explain. But, yeah, I mean, look, if if it's really serious, then it's most likely reportable. Right. And I imagine anyway, most of those instances, as soon as you call an ambulance or a cop, then they're going to be, they'll be onto that sort of stuff as well, right? Um, I don't, not, it does depend, obviously. Right. But, yes, once they go to emergency and they, under certain circumstances, the doctor is required to. Oh, okay. I, I don't know whether... It's done all the time or whether it depends on the doctor or uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, let's put it this way. When it ends up at your insurance company, WorkSafe will find out anyway. Okay. So you can't avoid, and that's why I say, be on. even if you're not sure if it should be reported, just ring the regulator and say, this is what's happened. Is this a reportable incident? And they will say yes or no. Is WorkSafe work cover? No. No. Well, they're the same. They come under the same umbrella, but they're not the same thing. Okay. Yeah, it's a, I don't know why they have to have different names for everything, but yeah, they, they take care of the the other side. Okay. So WorkSafe are trying to prevent injuries. They take care of what happens afterwards. Gotcha. Okay. So well, I guess maybe, the simple way to look at it. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that in the following episode where we're talking about moving forward after an incident. It's a big part of it, yes. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Well, um, mate, thanks for that. I think we can pretty much wrap that one up. Um, once again, for the listeners, head across to uh, Shane's website if you want to get hold of the um, uh, that online free WHS assessment. Um, it's pretty handy and it will certainly give you a good indication of where you stand in terms of safety policies and procedures. Um, Shane, thanks again once for your time and we will head, uh, we'll close this one off and we'll come back with the following and final um, parts of this series, which is going to be moving forward after an incident. Sound good? Sounds good. Rock and roll. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, You'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the, the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. 
Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.